Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Asim Amin. He is the Dubai-raised founder and CEO of Plum, a workplace mental well-being platform operating in the UK and Europe that recently launched in the UAE. They offer personal online therapy, expert-led courses, guided meditations, mental health first aid, and more. They also released a white paper recently to coincide with May, Mental Health Awareness Month, all about the links between mental and physical health. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Anne. How are you? I'm really good. How is your work day going? <laughs> oh wow! Uh, well, the sun is shining today. Uh, can't complain. Uh, been 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 really busy. Uh, uh, started off with with a few strategy calls, but I'm here now. Pumped. Pumped. Pumped to talk about <laughs> Plum. Um, yes. So first of all, yeah, let's just go basic and ask you what Plum does, how it works, and how you came to launch it. Yeah, sure. So Plum is a uh, workplace mental health platform. So what we do is we we partner with uh, with companies uh, so that they can help and support their employees with their mental well-being. Uh, primarily, we do this with one-to-one online therapy sessions and coaching sessions, but we've also got chat therapy, online courses, guided meditations, and so on. So we've got an entire ecosystem uh, of, of services. Uh, we've got um, a Microsoft Teams app, a Slack app, a mobile app. And so, uh, you know, again, coming back to that entire ecosystem and, and, and trying to make it as convenient uh, and uh, as convenient as possible for the, for the end user, uh, the, i.e. the employees. Um, the mental health is very, very personal and very close to me. Um, just to give you a little bit of backstory about myself, I've been an entrepreneur um, for the most part of my life. I, my, my first, my, my entrepreneurial journey started when I was 17. Um, I had an online gaming business. From there on, I've, ha- I've dabbled into many other different types of businesses like um, uh, digital marketing, uh, real estate, uh, food and beverage, and so on. Uh, always wanted to do something in the mental health space, but I never did. Uh, the reason I wanted to do something in the mental health space is because of my mom. So growing up, my mother suffered from uh, severe depression uh, due to her failed marriage. And it was just, I mean, it, it, was, it was really horrible looking, I mean, you know, witnessing and, and, and experiencing what she was experiencing. Uh, so it was difficult, obviously, for her, but even for us and my, and my two siblings growing up. Um, but she's a completely different person now. She started seeking therapy and she turned her life around. She didn't just stop there. She became a therapist herself. So it gave me the opportunity to see both the negatives and the positives when one addresses their mental health. Um, hence why I always wanted to do something in the space, but I never did simply because, uh, to be, to be honest, uh, growing up, I was actually ashamed that my mom was a therapist as we can appreciate that there's a lot of stigma and taboo around, around the subject. Uh, and this is about 15 years ago. So, you know, as we can appreciate, the taboo and stigma was a lot more back then. 
uh, my friends, peers, colleagues never knew that my mom was a therapist. Um, so, um, you know, kept on, you know, um, going about with my life. Uh, in, in 2016, uh, end of 2016, I uh, went through my own struggles and I, I kind of hit rock bottom. Um, I, I was heavily invested uh, in, in, the, in the real estate sector, uh, lost a lot of money, and uh, I went through a really dark time. I contemplated suicide a couple of times as well, uh, but I really, again, wanted to change. I was fortunate uh, to have the understanding of the mental health space because of my mom, obviously. Um, so, uh, so I wanted to change for myself. Uh, and then I started seeking therapy and, and started taking care of myself. And obviously I'm here in front of you today. Uh, but at that point, I knew that I wanted to create a business where my driver and a motivator was not my top line or bottom line or the, or the profits that the business can make. I really wanted to do something that would um, enable me to support and help as many people as I could, not only in, in a segment or a sector, but all across the globe. Um, so that's when I started looking into the whole telemedicine space. I saw a lot of platforms and apps which would connect you with GPs and doctors and specialists, but the whole mental health space was not as robust as it is today. So we started developing the platform and 2018 is finally when, mid of 2018 is when, when we finally launched the platform. Uh, when we first launched, we were you know, going direct to consumer. We were a pay as you go. Um, I, I wanted to do something in the corporate space, but there were a lot of challenges, obviously with COVID, uh, you know, things have drastically changed and we've now moved into the whole corporate well-being space. Uh, yeah, so so this is me in a in a nutshell. So companies that are like okay, recognizing the importance of taking care of their employees' mental health and helping their employees taking care of their mental health can come to you, and then you have sort of the ability to give them programs and uh, tools that the companies can access. Is it like that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, so just to elaborate on that, um, twenty nineteen is when we were you know when we started speaking to a few corporates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at that time we had we had two challenges. One was the obvious challenge, you know, who is Plum and introducing our company uh, like any other business would have. But we had a second bigger challenge, which was um, you know uh, you know around the whole education piece. So as a corporate, why should I take care of my employees' mental well-being? You know, uh, but obviously since the pandemic, I mean, the conversation has changed drastically. Obviously, people appreciate the importance of. Uh, you know, uh, one's mental health and, and, and also how, how it impacts, impacts the business. So uh, companies now, uh, obviously, we're, we're, we're at a stage where uh, we're having these conversations with companies and we're um, somehow becoming their extended arm when it comes to uh, the mental well-being of the employees, because we obviously have, you know, um, on our platform, clinical psychologists, counselors, coaches, and so on. So we have that expert knowledge. And that's what we bring to the table. Um, so um, we've got different services, different packages, uh, but but everything um, somehow becomes very bespoke to that organization because you know one size doesn't fit all, uh, depending on what sector you're on, what's the company size, what's the demographics of the company, and so on. So so that's how we come in and actually become their extended arm for their well-being. Where do you think businesses are at in the region in terms of this? Do you think that they're they're waking up to the connection between mental health and it's always about the bottom line, right? It's always about productivity. I think, unless it's a very small family owned company or something, when they come to you, that's what they're interested, but that's okay because 
that will help the employee anyway, right? So do you think that they're waking up to it? And and am I am I kind of right? Or, or am I off base when I parse that? Yeah, no, and uh you're 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 spot on actually. And uh, in fact, um, you know, in the beginning, when we were speaking to a few companies and, and when, we, when we somehow realized that, you know, uh, it's, it's, the conversation is really skewing towards, you know, so what is in it for me and what's the bottom line? So that, that, that really upset me and the entire team as well, because we're like, why don't they really care for their people? Mm-hmm. But inevitably, we're, you know, on the hindsight, we're thinking, okay, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point in time, because ultimately that end user, that employee is going to be able to get that support that he or she needs. Mm-hmm. So obviously, so, but uh, I must say that things are changing though. Mm-hmm. We are now speaking to a few corporates who really want to help and support. Because they do understand, you know, with the whole great resignation going on and, and the, the, the world obviously is, has changed and is changing really fast. So um, looking at talent at this point in time, I mean, hiring good talent isn't, isn't as easy as it used to be. You're, you're, you're looking at absenteeism rates going up, but you're also looking at presenteeism at this point in time. So that obviously, um, you know, has a huge impact on the business. So any, any, a sensible business is um, is you know looking at this uh, from a very serious strong point uh, because ultimately you now you're looking at your human capital uh, and you know it's a cliche but it's also a fact that you're only as strong as your team mm-hmm. so so keeping your team in check has become that much more important at this point in time mm-hmm. so uh, companies are waking up um, however because I'm we started speaking to companies since 2019 pre-pandemic. And now we can say we're post-pandemic already. I mean, you know, everyone is somehow out of it. Um, But the conversation and the mindset has drastically changed. And I can see it changing every month, every quarter as we progress. And and I strongly believe, uh, you know, during the pandemic, when we were speaking to people, uh, people thought that, oh, you know, talking, you know, this whole mental health agenda is just because we're in lockdown stage. Uh, but now people have realized that it's here to say and and it should be, you know, so things things are changing in the uh, positive way. It's one of those gifts that came out of the pandemic, I think, that it's sort of people woke up to it. OK, so you did a white paper recently. Can you tell me that focused on physical and the relationship to mental health? Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, um, when you're talking about educating the market or, or um, building awareness, I mean, it's easier said than done, uh, you know, changing, changing the mindset of people. So uh, we strongly believe that, you know, people obviously understand what is physical health, right? Because that's something that you can see with your eyes and, and, and perhaps you can feel instantly. Uh, but so, so we thought it would be a good idea for us to, you know, um, show people what they already know in terms of physical health. So for example, you know, when you look at your physical health, um, you, you're not going to wait until you have a heart attack to start eating well and, and exercising. But when it comes to mental health, uh, you're waiting until you've hit burnout or you've hit that rock bottom until you start addressing your mental health. So, so that relation between mind and body, uh, that, that connection between mind and body for us to uh, elaborate on that was extremely important for us. So, um, you know, today science has proven that majority of our physical health conditions are a direct relation uh, to our mental ill health. 
So, you know, when you look at burnout, uh, stress, anxiety, they impact, you know, your, there's so many disease, cardiovascular disease or, or, or any other physical uh, health condition. So I think uh, highlighting that uh, started, uh, we felt was, was the first point of basically contact uh, so that people understood, you know, like, for example, we all know that you're not supposed to eat junk food. We all know we're not supposed to smoke a cigarette and so on. But, uh, but nobody really talks about, you know, uh, people when they have stress or anxiety, people think it's just a uh, part of their lives. You know, this is how life is supposed to be because, you know, you've got, you're, you've got work, you've got kids, you've got whatever, and, 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 and this brings stressors, which is also a fact. But the whole point is um, to understand that and how do you, how do you cope? How do you manage those stresses? You'll always have stress and anxiety. That's a, that, that is inevitably a part of your life. But how do you start managing that? I think that is important. You know, when you, uh, and, and, and also changing the dialogue when you, if you break your arm, you're not going to hide uh, uh, behind a wall and not tell anyone that you've got a fracture. But when you're going through a burnout or, or, or a state of depression, you, you just shy out and you put that big smile in front of the world. Uh, and, and nobody talks about it. So I think that's the type of relationship between mind and body uh, that, that we're trying to bring in. And ultimately, for people to understand, it is not really physical health or mental health. It's just health Yeah. at the end of the day. you know. Yeah. What do you do, though? I remember working at a newspaper years ago in Canada, and um, I had a, you know, a really annoying boss. And he, <laughs> I was in therapy because I had... Um, you know, I had been given a column and I found the stress of having my own, my first column, very, the exposure, I found it very, very difficult. I was sort of collapsing and he just started ranting about therapy and how stupid therapy was. And I was undergoing therapy. And I mean, if there's anyone I've ever met in my life who would need therapy, it would be him. But I always remember thinking, oh gosh, I can never, ever tell him. I'm so ashamed. I felt ashamed. Deep down, I knew that he probably was making a big deal out of it because there was something in it for him. But I know the Middle East, like we're all these years later, that was 20 years ago, but we're all these years later in the Middle East and the stigma is still very large, especially among quite a few cultures here. And even in Western cultures, it's still there. So how do you overcome that? Like, how do you speak to your boss about that? Or how, you know, if you're having a terribly hard day or you need to take time for therapy, like what's your tips for having those conversations with someone who can't, who isn't in a place where they can hear them or respect them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, we hear this day in, day out. Uh, you, you spoke about a few things there. Obviously you're talking about the, perhaps the work dynamics and, and that is really difficult because, you know, people are, people are really scared. People are scared that if I'm going to tell my boss, if my boss knows that I'm going through anxiety, depression, whatever, they inevitably will think that it's going to impact my productivity and I might lose my job or I might not get that promotion that I'm, uh, that I'm in line for. So most definitely the stigma exists. Um, you know, um, we, 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 um, we service uh, primarily the UK and, uh, and the European countries as well. But obviously now we've uh, expanded into the Middle East, uh, starting from Dubai and the UAE. Uh, we, we obviously do see um, a slight um, shift in terms of the stigma. So uh, most definitely there is slightly more stigma uh, in the Middle East. Uh, but I do believe things are changing quite rapidly. Uh, I think it's really important in this instance for the corporates to acknowledge more than the employees and the individuals, because it's quite difficult um, for the employees to actually vocalize 
uh, that they have some sort of because because mental health um, um, issues are are shunned upon. You know, it's it's not like you know the example I gave earlier on about having a fracture. Nobody's gonna. Uh, shy off telling their colleagues or their bosses that they that they've broken their hand and they want to take some time off. But obviously, when it comes to mental health, that becomes a huge uh, problem. And and I think the problem also uh, stems from just the awareness and and education piece. So, for example, if you you know earlier on we spoke about uh, smoking, uh, cigarettes when they first came out, uh, doctors were promoting uh, cigarettes in in advertisements. Uh, and now, obviously, the the trend has changed drastically. A lot of people don't even smoke anymore. Um, I mean, uh, the argument is now people, you know, the younger generation is vaping, but the, but the point is the education piece has changed. So there is more awareness, 100%, you know, three years from now, five years from now, the conversation is going to be completely different from what we're witnessing at this one in time. But I think it needs to start from the top. That's really important. So obviously, governments across the globe, uh, you've seen athletes and you're, you're looking at celebrities coming out and talking about mental health and so on, not quite recently in the Olympics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But it really starts from the top. So hence why uh, our agenda was also so focused around corporates, because unless and until corporates don't start normalizing the conversation about mental health, it's not going to change. Yeah. So it's really providing that whole support system. I mean, we can we can give you the best app and whatever, but but if the if we do not have the buy-in from the top, it's never going to work. So so it's quite also uh, refreshing to see a lot of corporates are taking that first step towards us rather than us trying to convince them, and they really want to help. And we also see this in terms of engagement on our, on our platform. When there's a buy-in from top down, we see the engagement level spike compared to the other way around when a corporate is doing it simply because it's a tick-in-the-box exercise. When it's a tick-in-the-box, it really doesn't work. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think the mindset shift will only come when it's top down. Okay. And how, how do you advise corporations to do that? I mean, they can hire you but or they can procure your services, but how do you... How do you foster that, that feeling that when people are feeling weak and scared and under duress, that they can be safe at work? Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the one big piece for us is confidentiality at this point in time. So, uh, you know, just, just following on the previous question as well, uh, a lot of people are also scared in terms of, you know, if I'm, if I'm using these services, what if my employer knows and, you know, uh, on on the front end, perhaps my boss is trying to be nice to me, but in the back end, subconsciously, maybe they'll have some sort of a bias. So everything that we do uh, is anonymized because anyway, inevitably, it's personal health information. That's something that we 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 do not disclose to the employers. So all the employees uh, have that confidence that whatever I'm doing on this platform is in confidence between me and the therapist, me and the application. Um, so, so that's one. So highlighting that privacy and security is really important for us as well. Uh, everything that we do is also encrypted. So um, for the corporates to understand that, but what, what we're also doing is that whole training and education piece for the management within the organization. So we come in, when I said we become your extended arm, um, we also appreciate that you know we're now speaking to people. Uh, we're speaking to the gatekeepers or the actual buyers, maybe the HR unit or the uh, or 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 maybe the finance department and so on. They themselves do not know. 
So it's not that people don't care. I think I think inevitably human beings are you know have empathy and you know you want to support each other and so on. But but they also do not know the real impacts, not only uh, from from a from a human standpoint, but also how much is it impacting your your actual day to day running of the business and like we spoke about the bottom line. So really highlighting those issues and how can it help them? Obviously, their bottom line, but inevitably, your human beings who work in your workplace yeah. and culture now, because we, you know, I spoke about the Great Resignation uh, culture. I mean, culture eats strategy for, for for breakfast. I mean, culture culture is key for any company to be able to grow and scale. So for for one to create that culture, I think pizzas on a weekend is really not enough anymore. So so you really need to up your game because it was good a couple of years ago, but things have also changed. We have to go with the change of time. You know, uh, change is constant and it's inevitable. So. Uh, we're now coming in as more of a consultant, uh, you know, consultancy approach to those HR units and those finance units who are actually buying into the service and really trying to educate them and really trying to upskill them. For example, we've got managers uh, trainings, we've got mental health uh, first aider trainings and so on. So really focusing on those key players who can then become champions of the service and then just drive it down. So that's the approach we're taking. This mental health first aid is a really cool development. Like what do you, what are just some of the primary aspects of that as you understand? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I mean, basically, uh, I mean, if you were a mental health, uh, first aider, uh, you would have, um, um, some, you know, certain knowledge in terms of how do you approach a certain situation? If somebody is going through, you know, um, anxiety, depression, burnout, and so on, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'd obviously like to highlight by no means that makes them a therapist. Obviously, at the end of the day, every men- mental health uh, first aid trainer uh, training program will um, will inform the mental health first aider that uh, you know they are just just there to to listen, actively listen, empathize, and then route them to the right expert um, who can then you know from a non-judgmental, non-bias. Um, expertise space then actually help them and take them through the journey. But, but it, it's more about really uh, um, acknowledging or, or uh, uh, spotting those situations. Mm. So, so, so basically that's the, um, that's the place that they come into yeah. uh, and, and, and that's how we train them. Like spotting them and then having the steps to be able to, I mean, I've in the news, probably every newspaper I've worked at, I have, been there when someone has had a nervous breakdown. It's a very stressful business and I've never recognized it until I, I, mm-hmm. I it's, you know, it happened to three times and then it happened over here. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was happening again. And still we were all like, what's up with, you know, Lou, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and to have the ability to have someone to go talk to, to say there's someone's acting erratically, someone seems in trouble. And then for them to just know, because there's prescribed steps. If, if you know them, you know what to do. If you don't, you're just a lay person. You're like, everyone sort of freezes. It's so uncomfortable. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so I I think, I think the key here is just so that you become that much more aware so you can identify that there is an actual problem. You know, it's, it's not about, okay, you know, suck it up, get on with it kind of thing, because, because this is real. Uh, and and then routing you through that right direction. And, and again, I mean, um, I mean, I'm by no means I'm trying to plug Plum here, but but the fact is 
when you actually take that first step, you'll be quite surprised that there's so many people and so many organizations who are really out there to help. There is enough help available. Yeah. The problem is identifying and actually taking that first step. The irony is that when you're struggling, whether you're struggling on a scale where you may be verging on a breakdown or you're struggling and you're just really low, you feel so isolated. And then I think people tend to isolate you more because they're uncomfortable. And in the workplace, that's just like horrible, right? Because paranoia is a big part of feeling depressed and feeling anxious. At least for me, it is. I'll just start thinking, oh gosh, I don't know. Do you have any experience with that? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, about? no, absolutely. I, I think I think it's the whole support system, you know? Uh, sometimes I joke with the with the therapists that we have on our platform. Uh, ultimately, if if everybody just started talking to each other, I keep telling them we would not we would not need therapists. Yeah. So I think I think I think the problem is simply because I think any relationship you see it could be personal, could be business, it stems down to communication. Unfortunately, we don't talk, and we don't talk obviously because of the stigma and because of the whole programming that we've had around the whole space and so on. But yeah, I think it's a support system and it's extremely difficult, especially in your workplace. I mean, perhaps maybe you could, I mean, sometimes in your personal life also, it could it can be quite difficult with your partners and with your family members. Uh, and that's why speaking to a third person is that much more critical because the, because the fact is you really can't change the surroundings. You can't change your surroundings. The only thing you can work on and change is you within. And that can only happen if you first understand the core and then you have the right tools and the right expert with you who can, who can actually work towards that goal. And, and it's a process. Like, I mean, for example, I mean, you know, if, if I want bigger biceps and I want a six pack ab, I can't expect to eat salad for a day and then, and then hit the gym and then expect, you know, miracles to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's a process. So again, coming back to that whole relation between physical health and mental health, this is also a journey. This is also a process. Of course, it takes time. It takes a lot of effort, but it starts with you taking the first step. You're not really trying to control your, the outside factors because you really can't. Uh, it really starts from within. Okay. Uh, I think also for managers, I, I was a manager, I was an editor and I had a staff and I remember there were, there were a few like needy people on the staff and they were telling me their personal problems. And I was talking to my dad and I was expecting him to say, cause he ran a company. I was expecting him to give me advice for how to like get them to stop doing that. <laughs> and he said, and I'm an empathetic person, but you're busy. And he said, look, that's what happens. People are humans and you have to be prepared to talk to it. It was such a weird eye-opening moment for me. And then I thought, why did I think that they can completely separate themselves I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think oh, a lot no, of bosses absolutely. aren't aren't prepared or don't want to? Maybe for their own, you know, maybe they just didn't want to feel the emotion on top of all my emotion. I don't know. Like, but but you know, and that's a really good point, by the way, because um, you know, one of the major things when it comes to mental health and all this conversation that we're talking about is boundaries. Hmm. Boundaries are really important. So even when you when we do the mental health first aid training, boundaries is one of the key factors that 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 we really need to understand so and boundaries works uh, works on both the sides so for example if uh, if i'm reporting to you and if i'm going through anxiety and stress whatever i should know my boundary what is causing me stress and when do i need to stop but the boundary also is on your side when do you need to stop mm -hmm. and to be honest with you these are healthy boundaries you're actually 
helping them by putting this boundary. And that's the whole point because, you know, I mean, us being, you know, I mean, you, you, you were feeling bad simply because you're being empathetic, right? Because ultimately you just want to help. Oh, I just want to help. And if I can't help, I fail myself and I fail them. But it's really important to understand that, you know, there's, I mean, you're also limited in what you can help them with. So understanding that boundary, putting a stop and then routing them to the expert or that resources or whatever that may be, that is really important. So yes, it's inevitably we feel bad simply because we don't know how to support. I mean, yes, you can listen, you can hear, but but the, the sooner you route, route them in the right direction, you could route them, signpost them. The sooner you do that, the, the more good you're doing to them and to yourself. Mm-hmm. In all management, the sooner you do almost anything, yes. it's better. <laughs> um, okay, so just your own personal experience. I mean, you were in a really dark place in 2016. And do you have some tips for how you were able to pull yourself out of that? Because, you know, anyone who's been there knows it's overwhelming and it feels like everything needs to be fixed all at once. And you don't even know where to start. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, it's extremely difficult, right? So uh, I think I was one of the fortunate ones simply because I had that whole experience around mental health, negatives, positives. I mean, I appreciated the space. I appreciated the value of the space. Uh, and I also knew where to go and, 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 and I could get help quite quickly. But uh, for the most part, it's extremely difficult because like you said, you're in a dark place, you're overwhelmed. You, you, you also don't know what to do and how to do it. But I think, you know, it really starts with yourself. It's really important for you to first acknowledge that there is a problem because for the most part, I mean, you talk about burnout, a lot of high functioning individuals could be in a state of burnout, but not, but, but never feel burnout. So I think it's really important for us to first acknowledge that there is a problem and then really wanting to change. So, you know, again, coming back to physical health, uh, you know, uh, the, the only way I'm going to start eating healthy is because I've acknowledged my, my dietary habits aren't great. And I really want to change only then will I start. And then once you take that first step, obviously you'll have enough diet plans and enough uh, food out there, which will, which will take you on that journey. So I think starting from you is really important. And quite honestly, that is also the hardest step. Uh, I wish there was a magic bullet to it, but unfortunately there isn't. Uh, I think it's all about, you know, we talk about social media now, all, all, the, all the negatives on social media, but it's also, life is also about perspective. There's also a lot of positives that you can, you can start perhaps maybe, you know, looking into educating yourself and, 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 and really trying to push yourself in that direction. And, and that goes for your personal life, for your, for, 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 your, uh, for your business life or, you know, your physical health and so on. It really starts from you. It's really the hardest, but like I said earlier on as well, once you take that hardest first step, you'll be quite surprised how there's so many people and so many platforms and organizations out there just to help you. Yeah. Good advice. Very good advice. Uh, thank you so much, Hassan. That's really nice to talk about, uh, to hear what, what inspired you to get into it and stay into it. And uh, I think you're really going to help people. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And it was, it was, it was a pleasure. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.